This podcast shines light on strong and talented women who excel and persevere in life while bathing in abundant self-love. So if you're ready to keep it real, level up in all your inner work, creative business, and community impact, then you've come to the right place because we provide you with content that helps your soul glow and your mind grow. Thank you for pressing play. Let's dive in. Waiting be this one like this Been through many things Many, many gist Oh, I still find my peace in my life Oh, oh, oh. they do like see me, I know they see Like say I know they yeah Which kind person be this? Oh, oh, oh. Waiting be this one like this Been through many things And like I hate Genesis I be me with enemies Survivor, Munich, Money Chaser, faster than a bullet, flying like a rocket. Hey, Stuck Family, it's Brett again uh, with another solo episode. And um, this episode, it's going to be a bit of a heavier episode um, due to the fact that one of my very favorite artists uh recently passed but his death gave a it kind of like opened a doorway to discuss something that I've wanted to discuss for a very long time so this episode is about the significance of justice for Mobad his name was Mobad um and just his significance in ending um, artist abuse. You know, I think that we have a long way to go in ending artist abuse. Um, I think that it is, you know, a small step, but a step in the right direction of forward motion and progress. And I really wanted to dive into it because as a company, you know, we are against artist abuse. We are for creating safe spaces for girls and women to create in and to, you know, be treated with respect as artists and as creators. So, you know, this is an interesting topic to dive into. So... I hope you grab a glass of water, a glass of wine, you know, a cup of tea, whatever is going to make you feel um, cozy and like diving into a really deep conversation. So first I want to discuss um, about Mobad, about who he was and why he is significant in the fight against ending artist abuse. Um, And then I'm going to discuss what is artist abuse because apparently people seem a bit confused about that. (laughs) Either they're confused or just want to be ignorant and want to keep abusing artists. I'm not really sure what it is, but for me and in my life and in on this platform, like it no longer stands. So I'm going to break it down very clearly because it's something that's no longer going to stand in my life. And I hope that it will no longer stand, you know, in the lives of artists who I am surrounded with. So, okay, let's talk about Mobad, first of all. So Mobad stands 
for Mo Bright and Destin. And he went by Mobad Emole, and he is Nigerian. Um, and with in Nigeria, his tribe was Yoruba. So he went by Emole, which means light in Yoruba. And he was exactly that, like just such a profound, dynamic and beautiful light. I think it's also important to note that he was only 27 when um, his life was taken. I found his song Peace at the beginning of this year. And if you've been listening to this podcast and the past episodes, then you know that this year I've been through it. Um, you know, I've really been struggling with artist abuse in my own life from really all ends of the spectrum, from family to frenemies to, you know, just um, external community that doesn't even know me that well, but feels like they have a right to judge me, um, you know, on and on. So I came across his song, Peace, on YouTube, and I was just like immediately like, oh my God, this is it. Like, I feel like I resonate with, you know, this message. I feel like he understands what I and just other artists are going through right now. And it just brought so much light and life back into my heart and back into my art. And I would play it every morning before going to my art studio. And a lot of the times I'd play it just on repeat as I was doing my morning yoga sessions. And, you know, I still do because it, you know, it, it the light that is that song will never die. And I think that the light that he was and is will never die. So I, it's strange because I have so many similarities to him um, and I resonate so deeply with his story and a lot of his story came out um, after death. So he was a Gemini like I am um, and also like Tupac was. His story also very deeply mirrors the story of Tupac and um, he, I, I'm also Nigerian on both sides of my family, um, and on my dad's side of Yoruba descent. So, you know, I had very strong, like, mm, ancestral ties to, like, him and, and his message and, and, you know, and what happened to him. Um, and it's just like his music was all about peace and joy and, and love and light and self-love because he loved himself so much, um, you know, and I think that that was just the cause of a lot of the issues he had too, because people respond to self-love in very, very strange ways during these times. So, um, when he was alive, he was with this, um, record label and the record label, uh, called Marlians. It was actually also, um, it doubled as a drug gang and the, uh, main 
guy who ran this record label um, named Naira Marley. Um, he actually only moved to Nigeria around 2017 and he lived in London before then. So, you know, this Marlian's record company, um, it just, once he wanted to step away from it because there was a lot of violence in it because it wasn't in alignment with his message and his mission um they chose to bully him and um attack him once he stepped away from it and he was like assaulted he was um abused he was broken down physically and mentally by them um, but it's just like, you know, similar to Tupac's story with Suge Knight and Death Row Records. Um, it's like, well, what really was this Marlian's record label? And it's very clear that they had, you know, there were gang ties and um, the the gang in London has government ties and they also have government ties in Nigeria. And he was forced by them to, um, through a government organization that Naira Marley was the ambassador of, ironically, um, he was forced to, like, take these injections. Um, so, like, Naira Marley was the ambassador of an anti-drug coalition that's connected with the government in Nigeria. And it's really just like a front because they essentially, it's not an anti-drug. They were forcing drugs on people. And I think it was like used to run drugs, um, I think, like through Nigeria, I think the UK, you know, who knows how far up it goes and how far out it goes. Um, But when all this was going on, uh, Mobad was crying out for help. Like, if you go to his Twitter, he's been for about a year talking about how, you know, the experience of all the attack and bullying and um, mental abuse, physical abuse that he's endured has left, like, scars on his heart. And that he's just, you know, he was literally crying out for help and nobody really listened and I definitely understand that because you know for this last year maybe last two years I've been on like a repeat record um talking about how people have been attacking me too just like not physically but mentally absolutely and you know and I've talked about how um you know I've experienced harassment I've experienced bullying I've experienced slander and gossip and he he experienced a lot of those same things um especially like with gossip they were that Marlene's records also like how they abused him mentally was they would say that he like had mental health issues they said he was unstable they said that um like he was unable to do shows so that people wouldn't would stop booking him and it would like fuck with his money and um I experienced 
like a lot of similar things like that. I mean, I've, I, that's what my family and, uh, ex friends, you know, did behind my back. They, they were talking about my mental health when I have a company that's, you know, <laughs> for bettering mental health and for healing mental health. Um, but yeah, they just would spread lies about his mental health not being good and him being crazy and insane. And I've had those exact same rumors spread about me. And once a few of those rumors start going, just the way that our society is now with cancel culture, you know, it it just like spreads like a wildfire. And that's why like cancel culture is very dangerous. Like it's not something to even like joke about anymore because it literally can end careers. And now this is a strong example about how it can actually end a life. Um, so because they started spreading like these rumors about, well, he's mentally unstable, he's this and that, you know, people started believing that here and there and weren't really listening to, um, his cries for help. Um, and, you know, and he really tried to, you know, wave a red flag, like, hey, this is what's going on with me is not okay, but nobody would really listen. So, um, like about a week or so after his death, you know, evidence started pouring out um, mainly on Twitter, thanks to the hashtag justice for Mobad. And videos were shared, calls were shared, like so many people were just dropping evidence. And he's just such a brilliant Gemini, similar to Tupac like a very um like a prophetic kind of nature and he foresaw a lot of what was happening and what you know was ultimately going to happen to him so he passed messages through his music he passed messages through his twitter he passed messages in any way that he could and then he also like had everything he he kept receipts you know he had video content of what happened to him about like the injections that um the government organization was giving to him he so that was leaked and um and then you know other people who um supported him leaked videos of like just what happened along the way so um as you know his it, it was just so random like that one day his death was announced and at first they tried to be like oh it was like maybe like suicide or then they said that it was like an ear infection and then none of that made sense so evidence started pouring out and we find out that um his family actually um buried him uh, but then before that, it was very, it, it was very sketchy. Like the last place he was seen was a hospital where a nurse gave him an injection. He collapsed on the ground. Um, and we know this because there was a voice, uh, there was like two eyewitnesses who saw him at the, um, at the hospital and were interrogated. Um, and so they're like, he was there and then, and um, they said that he was fine, but he looked like agitated. And um, and then he went into the the um, you know the room to get his injection, and he collapsed on the floor. They it was all like 
very fast and then they rushed him out and then there's like footage of him passed out in um a car with some guys like friends of his who like a week before were with him um you know signing off for his Range Rover that he was about to get like these are supposedly friends and they took him to the hospital and he was and he was you could tell that he was unconscious in the video but like he wasn't dead so then after that that's like the last kind of video we see before he's then in a casket and people and sorry trigger warning for this this is a little like it's dark um i shouldn't even say a little dark this is a lot dark so if you are kind of you know wary about such things um just you know maybe you want to hop off maybe this is not the podcast for you but i need to dive into what artist abuse is full scale so we're gonna do it um so yeah uh so then he you know the next thing we see via evidence um is this picture of him in a casket that's way too small for him his neck is bent all the way i think to the left just like but like on his shoulder basically um because he couldn't even fit in the the shoddy casket that they put him in and then they give him some like cheap burial in their like backyard his fam his dad the well the dad side of his family and um and it and it was weird because like it, you could see that he clearly wasn't dead from the time you know when he was passed out after the hospital to then the casket so that was it was just very strange and nobody understood what was happening um and then so they buried him and they announced his death and everybody was confused um but you know it didn't sit well with the public it didn't sit well with his fans and where they messed up was like he this was a global superstar he has fans all over the world he's traveled everywhere he's traveled to like atlanta he's traveled to london he's traveled you know like everywhere he's been been around and um and people love his music he's a light and so you know, the world started to get angry. And for a week, everyone just was up in arms and decided to protest because they were, everyone was like, we need an autopsy. We don't understand this. Why was he buried like this? Why would a so-called family bury someone like this? Um, and yeah, so essentially, like, they buried him unconsciously like he was not dead when he was buried and so basically you know um the family in collusion with the government you know via via the hospital and a government agent and he he even said like on his uh twitter and on a instagram live he was like if i die then um Naira marley is to blame um, but, you know, when Gemini say stuff, like, it's also, like, he he's saying that, but it, it goes much deeper than that. He's like, look into Nair Marley when he says that. And so, and if you look into it, then, you know, Nair Marley is just like a government puppet, and it goes way higher up than just Nair Marley, you know? 
And so who who knows? Like, I, I'm sure everybody was paid off very handsomely by the government. Um, his father had a hand in it, too, because he was the one who rushed to bury him um, within I guess 12 hours because that was when the injection was supposed to like wear off um you know because he was buried alive essentially and so and this was a form of um torture and abuse um and and it's very dark and um you know and and to me it's like everyone who was at that funeral essentially had a hand in it because if you why would anybody be okay with a global superstar being dumped in a backyard in a coffin that doesn't fit with his neck bent like everyone is complicit you, you know like who is there i don't understand why there would be any dispute in that like it's just that's just unconscionable like what that 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 just should never have happened if you're not in on it. Um, I don't really even see how there's arguing your way out of that, um, but whatever. So, um, yeah, everyone was protesting around the world for a week to get him, um, you know, they wanted him to have an autopsy and they wanted him to be brought up, um, you know, from that grave. Uh, and so it took a really long time because of course the police, the government, everyone was delaying because they all had a hand in it. Um, and they only brought him up after a week after they sh were sure that he was dead. Um, so when they, they finally brought him up, there's also video footage um of there being like fresh blood it's like and and that means you know it's red um in the grave and if he wasn't buried alive that there would not be fresh blood in the grave like that's just scientifically impossible so and um and you know there's uh, doctors and scientists um who have broken down what it means when there is fresh blood in the grave um you can look in the hashtag to find more on that but um you know or you can look at look up uh, mobad autopsy that hashtag um and you'll find it there also but yeah it was that was the very traumatizing and disturbing part about it to me because that was like confirmation that yes in fact he was buried alive um and by his own family so um it was really like a group assassin assassination um and the only person in his family who did not really have a part in it was his biological mother she doesn't live with that side of the family she didn't uh, you know i i think that she was estranged from um her like her son because of the dad for some reason and his um and his new wife I'm not really sure what the details were on that, but she lived some far away and like she, um, yeah, she just didn't have a hand in it. So, uh, and she wasn't at the funeral. So, um, you know, so like people, uh, you know, like Berna Boy, uh, you know, industry people, DeVito um, were sending her money, um, you know, after the death. 
because it was just like horrible and tragic. And she told a lot of truths about what went on and what happened. She was talking about how they were giving him injections long before his death and how the government, the, the government like drug organization was actually, you know, like shooting him up with things that were, um, you know, affecting his health, his mental health, making him like see weird things or have weird dreams and not being able to sleep and um so and she also said that when he was born actually that um some a, a prophet a prophetess that she went to said that um you know she was going to have a son who came into this world for a purpose and um so she yeah she she told a lot of a lot of truths and and the, the dad just kept spouting lies and wanting more um, money uh, just from from people. And it was just very disheartening and then very, very shady. Um, so, yeah, and it's crazy because, like, if there's fresh blood in the grave, like, he survived a long time underground before eventually passing away um, and before they exhumed the body. And, um, and that's the part that really like shook me up. It was really hard for me to deal with because first it's like I had to first, um, mourn his like mysterious death and, and no information being anywhere about it. Like it was just like he died and there's no information about how or why or what. And then like a week later after protesting, um, everyone protested for like a week, then, you know, there was like, okay, we understand what happened and why, but then it's like Captain Morton twice. Um, so it was really just traumatic. I, I think for everyone, especially if you are, you know, of, if you know who he is as an artist and, and then you're just like of the same lineage, it's just very, it was, it was heartbreaking, very just heartbreaking. Um, so, you know, I did some digging like on his Twitter and I found that he actually started speaking out um, against the government and for like better governance in 2020. And he was against pro uh, police brutality. And so and their police um, organization is called like SARS. Um, it's like S-A-R-S. -S. And so he was he protested for NSARS in Nigeria starting in 2020. And it's now come out that his wife's mother, so his mother-in-law, was actually a police officer, which just makes the whole thing way more shady. Like, clearly they had a hand in it. And I don't know why, you know, people are even thinking that they're going to properly solve the case. And, um, you know, he believed in, like, the po power of the people. He was, like, for the people in the streets. And he was for, you know... Um, just like rising up and, and standing up for for what's right he was a freedom fighter and he was but he was also a pacifist and um and so yeah you can see there's like evidence that he started speaking out then and it's just like interesting because I also in 2020, that's with George Floyd, um, I started speaking out and actually, you know, through Stuck, um, started just like being active more like and, and exercising my advocacy. And 
Um, you know, I've talked on this podcast in previous episodes about how I feel like, you know, my numbers have been manipulated. And a lot of people just think that I'm like, I don't know, some kind of like, narcissist who just thinks she's better than she is or something like that, you know, and they always try to like, talk about who I'm not and put me in my place. But, you know, he he did that too. And um, his numbers are just like, in no way, like reflective of the global protests that came out in mass for him, you know, the week after his death. And you can clearly see that his numbers were manipulated, um, you know, across the board. But I and I believe that when you speak up especially against police um yeah your numbers get manipulated you get blacklisted and i've known this about myself for quite some time but i don't really speak on it because very few people believe me and um and it's just like pointless a a lot of the time i feel like and i think it's also important to note that like you know you can't be blacklisted by association, like by supporting somebody who's blacklisted. Like I had a lot of people turn their backs on me because of that and because of just cancel culture. And, you know, it's just like, that's not what it is. And it's just like, if more people would speak out or take a stand for something, anything, and not be so passive, then, you know, blacklisting, it wouldn't be so quote unquote scary. Like it, it wouldn't be such a, um, a stain on your career is such a, you know, a horrifying thing as people think that it is, um, you know, if we stood up in unison. But yeah, you can clearly see that his, <laughs> his were, his numbers were manipulated. And I think where they fucked up was that they forgot that they manipulated his numbers and that he has this like ginormous global following. So now all eyes are just like on this case, like, well, what's happening? And what the, like, he's still, um, although they have exhumed his body, it's been weeks and there's still no autopsy results. Like, so of course, like something, there was foul play and I believe that I do think his body was defiled um because it's just like there's been no zero word about the autopsy and the government has kept his body for weeks now and this global superstar has been just like not allowed the right to have a proper burial Um, And, you know, I think that there is no coincidence that a young black male artist whose number one single is Peace and whose first um, album was Light and whose last album was Blessed was killed because now it is a murder case. you know, they're, they, they, because there's been so much global outrage, um, they, the police can't even say that it wasn't um, a murder. Uh, although they, you know, tried that at first, but they they underestimated his numbers. They underestimated how outraged people would be. So now they have to address the case and they're, they've been trying to like change the narrative and like make it seem like he, he was just so, you know, sad and abused and like, out of his mind and all of this but he had a very strong mind and he was he was deeply in love with like himself his inner peace and and similar to me like I feel the same way like even it although you're you you can be like attacked and 
be going through abuse and going through be going through all these things that doesn't mean that people can take your inner peace like you know that doesn't mean that they can steal your inner light especially when it's when it shines that brightly you know um and he was just like a man of deep deep faith also um i think it, very similar to how tupac you know had had deep faith as well and uh you know and he walked in that and he was just like he brought light and joy everywhere he went and sometimes when you shine so brightly you know people want to drag that that light down you know sometimes like the the light is you're so bright that it also attracts like the darkness like the moths and the you know the reptilians and all of that and so he had a lot of that um one of his songs uh starts like many enemies they follow me and i resonate with that deeply like i you know like for so much of of my life like i had people who claimed you know that they were friends and for me around me while they would, would always like just talk behind my back and um and really just prey on my downfall while wanting to like suck up all my light and be jealous of me at the same time um you know and i think that it's just like we're in such a time of deep spiritual warfare as well. And I feel like this is definitely what that was. Um, you know, in America, they didn't want Tupac to speak out. He was silenced um, early on because he had like prophetic messages and that's not welcomed in capitalist society. You know, in capitalist society, um, you know, they don't want you to be in joy. They don't want you to be in peace. They certainly don't want you to have self-love because all of these things like um, you know, crumble capitalism. Um, what would they have if you weren't like a slave to capitalism, you know? Um and so it was just like he was dragged just of malicious jealousy on all ends. Like his father was actually a musician and in an embarrassing, I think, BBC interview that came out recently, he like seen some of his lyrics like, dude, we all saw how you buried him in on the land that he bought you with his neck bent in a coffin that didn't fit. Like, are you really serious? But he was just like trying to get sympathy and trying to get more money. And he was like, oh, yeah, I taught him like what I know. And, you know, I know that well, like I have a mother who claims to be an artist, too, or, you know, was or whatever. And there's always weird jealousy with that. And it's like, you know, and he also said his father also said that he was like, he's like, I'm his friend or whatever. And it was just on some like weird frenemy type energy. And that's what he Mobad sings about that a lot too, just having frenemies all around. And apparently his father was one of his largest frenemies. Um, and I think like, it's just so interesting because jealousy seems to be the biggest pandemic right now. And, you know, and, and every time I think I, I say jealousy, I feel like people are like, oh, you know, who does she think she is thinking everyone is jealous of her? But it's not that's not what it is. It's like people are very jealous right now of 
artists, I think, even sometimes other artists are jealous of other artists um, who are shining brightly, who have love and light for what they do and passion for what they do and are making new things and having innovative ideas because a lot of people have run dry of, you know, um, innovation and light and because they're so plugged into the capitalistic system. They don't know how to be present. They don't know how to be here now in the present moment and get jealous of anyone, you know, who can. And it's such an interesting dynamic. Like, I think just as artists, like people talk so much shit about artists, um, especially people who are plugged into uh, the matrix or the capitalistic system. And, you know, and but at the same time are just so like jealous about artists as well. Um, and it, so it's a strange paradox. Um, and I think, you know, maybe you're thinking like, well, why is this story of like something that happened in Nigeria, you know, important to me as an American or um, I don't know, wherever you are in the world. But I think that it's important to remember that um, America, Nigeria, Ghana, India, the locations that we speak about on this podcast, they were all colonized by the British. They were all colonized into capitalistic systems. And they are all on the same timeline of late stage capitalism. And, you know, and so, and when we understand this, we can also understand that unity is community internationally. And I think we can understand more so the importance of unity consciousness. Um, because, you know, like we are all connected and it's important to remember that, like, and that we can all resonate with each other's stories. Um, that's why sharing stories is so important and especially sharing stories through art. Like Mobad left so much evidence through his art and that is power. He told his story through art um, because he wasn't able to, he, you know, his life was under so much threat that he wasn't really able to tell it in other ways. Um, and also I think that late stage capitalism is such, oh my God, it's such a breeding ground for just like jealousy and hatred of those who can get it on their own and get money outside of the system. And, you know, people who literally just are able to do what we love and people who are miserable in their jobs, who can't find joy within, you know, find that so threatening and, um, so I think that this was definitely done as a message. And I think that this, what happened in Mobad is disrespectful to every single artist, no matter the background around the world, um, you know, and it's just like, because of the way that they did him, like it caused so much pain for his, for his tribe, for his just fans for other artists for other artists in the Afrobeats industry just like it, it was you know I think it, it felt like it's a threat and it's like they don't want us to have joy they don't want us to have peace they don't want us to find com community without these elements capitalism just thrives you know 
Um, and you know, Amobad, he was all he just would say like, "Don't fold." And um, something he always would say is, uh, "Fun, fun won me pressure," and uh, that's like Nigerian slang for "give them pressure," like, and that's what he's he was just saying like don't fold you know give them pressure like let them have it you know don't fold to the system don't fold to the haters don't fold to the artist abuse um and and keep pushing and keep chugging um and do what you keep doing what you love keep spreading joy and keep spreading peace and keep shining your light no matter how they try to break it down because they'll try to break it down um the more deeper we get into late stage capitalism. Uh, but you know, I, I'm so thankful for his music and for finding it as at the time that I did. And I'm glad that although, you know, like I I didn't have much time listening to it while he was alive, but I'm so thankful, deeply thankful that I did because music is healing and music is transformative. And I don't think that I, as an artist, would have been able to keep creating this year if it wasn't for his music and for his light. Um, you know, there were really two artists who really helped me push through that. And I'm just so, so thankful for the love, for the light, and for the legacy that Mobat has left behind. You know, like, his his just bright and shining light will not go in vain. And um, it will always bring joy to my life. So with that said, I kind of want to get into the tactics of artist abuse because you know a lot of people a lot of normies out there <laughs> as I call them uh muggles if you will uh don't seem to understand what artist abuse is and this is also for artists who are inflicting abuse on other artists just out of jealousy out of maybe you being in a slump in your own career or you meet maybe not being you know maybe having an artist block or something like that and finding a irrational need to be jealous of you know another artist but this is running rampant in our society now and I just really wanted to address the topic um you know on this podcast because Mobad really like I mean he he did have a profound purpose because now people are actually speaking about it and and acting like it's not crazy to to bring up um and so my my goal isn't to shame anyone um it's not yeah it, it, that's not the purpose of of this podcast ever it's rather to shine a light of awareness on topics so that you know abuse and um evil and darkness in our society doesn't continue and so that we can create more safe spaces for artists and for one another um personally i feel like i've been under fire for months and months honestly for like two years now I've been under fire um and it only got worse when announcing my solo art show and you know I was also attacked like um emotionally verbally harassed uh by family um you know uh with just the 
just the level up of my own career. Um, and I think that like family, you know, family, like parents can only see you in a certain box. Like they can only see you in a certain light and it takes, I think evolved parents or um yeah definitely like evolved parents in their heart centers to see your evolution and growth and and love it um but a lot of parents don't have that ability and get extremely jealous envious weird when you elevate maybe beyond the position that they have had in life um and so, yeah, I think that it's hard enough to create and make a living um, off of art without abuse running rampant. So, yeah, and just like and staying and creative flow state is, is a huge deal and, and hard enough um, without people trying to break that flow, um, you know, and and try to threaten that flow because art creative flow artistic flow whether you're drawing or painting or singing or dancing or whatever it, it is pure bliss and it is pure peace and you know so it's understandable why people get jealous of it but um you know that doesn't have to be uh, we can <laughs> coexist in more peace if people just open their minds a little bit more i think um you know, and artists are are actually light workers. Um, even if you create dark art, I believe that you are kind of a light worker. You know, as an artist, because I don't know, you're you're shedding you're shedding light on a light on a, the topics of darkness. You know, and so I think that it's just. Yeah, it's just such a strange dynamic and, and such a strange stage we're in, in, in the world right now. Like, um, even just like, you know, just wars are starting up uh, pal with, with in, in, in Israel, you know, um, free Palestine. Uh, but and, and this is just the beginning. Like, if you think that this is just something, Mobad's death is just something that happened in Nigeria, then you're definitely wrong or, or you think that this is a one of situation you're absolutely wrong this is only coming to light because he was such a powerful celebrity and had such a following but like imagine how, how often this happens you know to people who don't have a following in the millions you know um it, it just they they took out the wrong person this time they they fucked with the wrong one and they also fucked with the wrong one fucking with me. So, yeah, I'm going to go in on this. Let me cook. <laughs> uh, and I want to, I just really would like us all to be able to be like free and, and safe and be able to express ourselves and create and not feel attacked for it all the time. Because as of late, every time I put out something like light and joy filled I just feel so attacked and um, I'm really over it at this point uh, so I've made some points about what artist abuse is um, and I'm gonna go down my list and kind of break them down and also draw parallels to Mobad's case as well so number one I have control plays and I think control plays mm, I mean I think people just like to act out 
a scenarios of control over artists because we are so free and we have such free light dynamic spirits and um so yeah i think they're just like control plays or power plays i guess you can also call them and um what is that that's basically like planting seeds of fear and doubt in the mind of artists that's uh inciting fear uh putting fear on artists dreams on artists plans goals and thus diminishing them and making uh, the ladder of belief harder for artists to climb up and I've experienced this on so many levels uh you know on my from my family on and, and almost every person in my family uh just like shooting down you know everything that I want to do creatively uh and it gets exhausting it's a form of mental abuse it's a form of emotional abuse um and I so I think that like when this happens uh, as artists, it's important for us to remember that like fear is not real. And um, and it's just an illusion. Um, what is it? False evidence, evidence appearing as real. That's, you know, an acronym for fear. And most artists don't have fear. And I think, or I shouldn't say most, um, I, uh, I'll say some. I, I don't really have it. Um, I It's not really something that's stood in the way of my life. And because of that, um, people like to try to fuck with me even more, like, and try to push my buttons and poke me like, oh, let's try to make her scared. Let's try to make her fuck up. And, you know, let's prey on her downfall in these ways and this way. And, you know, so I think that... Um, it's important as artists to know that like yeah it's just it's it's not real it's just a game that people like to play um to make you stumble on your path and it makes artists i think have to really work through fear barriers that maybe weren't even there in the first place like it makes us have to jump over other people's fears and other people's aversions to what it is that we are to what it is that we are doing and to our path so i think some um like action steps to take against fear as artists are affirmations uh positive self-talk is great too uh i think reiki works as well just for like moving around energy shifting and up leveling your energy um but there are a ton of ways to move through fear barriers um and i think another like like control play or power play comes from people who are what um in what like the book the artist way calls quote-unquote crazy makers and um these are just people the pe what what like um julia cameron the author of the artist way you sh if you haven't read that book as an artist you definitely should it's like the artist bible it's amazing um but and it and it helped it definitely changed my life for sure but yeah crazy makers are just people who try to block your path and to try to put fear in your mind and your in your heart and just try to like 
fuck up where you're heading and where you're going um you know like haters basically uh and they just try to like make a mess of your path and so like when there's literally no problem they can create little messes and little interferences just to like fuck with you and to fuck up your creative flow and if you are another artist doing this to an artist i have zero respect for you like i literally do like you already know what it's like to have people who do this and just because you're feeling insecure as an artist doesn't mean you have the right to inflict it on anyone else so second point we have brainwashing or uh, mental programming, um, or I guess we could say negative conditioning as well. So programming in the minds of like children who have yet to become artists is a big part of this. I think it's like from the age of one through seven that the mind is most malleable and that's when your like programming um really sets in and so it's really important what you're telling kids at that age that's why we have the little hardest program within stuck designs you know for um shaping the minds of children before negative programming really sets in and you know we do that through um positive affirmations through mixing art with like meditative activities and really just like boosting children's confidence uh before they they get to the age where society kind of like down talks like um you know dreams essentially uh but this negative programming can you know happen just continuously well beyond the ages of of seven and I think it can even continue on into adulthood depending on the people that you are surrounding yourself with um definitely like within my family there's just mental programming of artists can't make money that's what they you know love to program my brain with um you know uh and I think a lot of families do that like that's not uncommon uh even in Mobad's music and in, in his songs like uh he talks about how you know he was given money to go to school but he chose music he said he chose himself um instead and uh, and then he says, you know, he, he's sorry to his dad and his mom because of that. Um, but it's just like sometimes parents just don't understand. Um, you know, they say that art is not a real, quote unquote, real job. But ultimately, it can make you far more money than like any nine to five or probably anything that they're doing. So, you know, it's uh, important to detach from that brainwashing that mental programming um i think friends can also 
later in life try to, you know, mentally program you due to their own conditioning. And they can say the same things like, oh, artists can't make money. Oh, this and that. Like, why would you do that? Why would you be an artist? Or why would you do that? This or that? Or, you know, and just have all these opinions or whatever. And artists really just don't need like opinions like that. Um, If anything, like, you should be respecting artists instead of like bombarding them with your unsolicited opinions about what it is that they are doing. Because like the very simple fact that artists are artists is an actual gift. Like the fact that they have, we as artists have talent to write, to paint, to draw, to dance, to sing, to whatever the fuck it is, like, that's a gift from the universe, and it's a gift to be embraced, like, that light should be honored, not spat upon, and a lot of people try to, like, spit on it and like talk shit about it while at the same time feeling jealous extremely jealous of it you know because um we as artists have a purpose we have a path you know and a lot of people are just confused and don't know what their purpose is sometimes like their whole lives so um i think that that's a profound reason for jealousy of artists Uh, And I think it's really important to distance yourself from anyone who down talks just like artists in general, art in general, art careers in general, like that's very ignorant and it's not, it shouldn't be in my life. It's not welcome anymore. You know, I had to cut out a lot of people who are just, I feel like we're in we're in medieval ages in their minds about what it is that artists are and artists do. And, um, you know, and in surrounding myself with more artists and um, in having more conversations with artists and making more friends for artists, it really like was healing to my soul and it's been so transformative. So yeah, just like cut those people out I say if you're an artist like you don't need that um none of us need that and it's like it's a scary thing at first but you know your vibe will always attract your tribe and sometimes you have to take a risk um if you want more if you want better for yourself if you want higher in your career so we have next number three um manipulation and this is like being fake nice to an artist pretending to like their work um to gain something whether that's like uh clout collaboration money um or you're just like a vampire sucking their inner love flow which i've had a lot of that happen um and like when people just want to take um, and, and never give back. And I think I've experienced this with like people having like fake interest in my art, just who really want to just date me um, or like false promises and lies being told to me about like how they can help me and my career. Um, because I think that that's it, like energy is currency, right? Like, and um, peace is currency. And artists have a lot of that. And a lot of times people get so excited about like what they feel around artists and what artists have the power to bring that they forget that also requires follow through, I think. And um, 
yeah and I think when you just like only take it's just very diminishing to the power of artists it's really like take in a very vampiric way taking power away from artists so I think that um, a solution for this like as artists would be to continuously call your power back um, I do this like daily via meditation uh but yes calling your power back is so important because people like to suck it a lot um because power is something that artists have a lot of like like to make something out of nothing to create form out of imagination is power and people want that power so therein lies again another reason for jealousy <laughs> but um all right so next we have number four and this is judgment and i think that uh judgment really occurs when people operate within groupthink I have, there's a solo episode I have on groupthink within this podcast. I recommend if you don't understand what that is. Um, but yeah, groupthink mentality is very dangerous. It leads to cancel culture. It leads to how dangerous cancel culture is. And um, I think that just people are so judgmental about the lives and lifestyles of artists and they want to know what artists are doing and like where they're going and like who they're with or whatever like that and then they like to talk shit about it and um especially when artists don't align with social norms but it's honestly so twisted because a lot of the times people again I'm gonna keep honing in on this word it's because people are jealous of it people are jealous of artists ability to break away from social norms to do their own thing um you know do you as is this stuck slogan um but it's just like and it's just it's so infuriating to me because it's so backward it's like you wish you could do this you wish you had the the guts the courage um to do it but a lot of people don't have the courage to break away from the system or to do their own thing and so it's easier to just judge and to um talk shit about other people so solution for judgment uh, i think again is just kind of like distancing yourself from people who do that and from people who have small ignorant judgmental minds um because who needs that all right so next we have number five which is financial abuse and i think that this is uh running rampant within the art community i think that it's a topic that a lot of people are wary of but i'm gonna go in on it a little bit um so i think that financial abuse when it comes to artists is like asking artists um, who clearly as a career choice do art for a living like have a website are selling their art um, and then you decide to ask them well how do you make money you know <laughs> like um, because that's just it's such a condescending question I can't I can't tell you how many times people have asked me that and it's just like I'm an artist I do art <laughs> like what and so and it's also comes with like doubting whether artists um are actually selling or not that's none of your business it like nobody likes a pocket watcher stay out of my pocketbook you know um and it's just like you know do you ask lawyers 
uh, how they make money after they say that they're a lawyer? Or do you ask doctors that? Because um, lawyers, doctors, and artists all, you know, create a service for humanity. And I don't really see the difference. I don't at all see the difference. And if you do, I think you need to elevate your mind and expand it. So, um, also, I think financial abuse for artists is lowballing an artist's worth, like making them seem like, um, or making them kind of believe that they can't price their work a certain way, or like their prices are too high just because you maybe can't afford them. Um, and it's just like, you know, getting in, getting in their head and, and in their financial business, like where you have, you have, you have no business and you don't need to be concerned with. Um, so I think that I've experienced a lot of, um, even like curators trying to like lowball my work and having to stand on my prices and be like, no, this is what my work costs and this is what I'm selling it for. And then like, uh, another thing is, um, Another way it can be used is like with food, I think, like, um, you know, obviously, we all know the term like starving artists. Um, but I've had uh, family literally try to at points when I haven't had funds, uh, you know, that I really need or whatever. They would then, you know, uh, just like not help me with food or whatever, like make me scrounge for food like I'm less than them while they, you know, eat like kings and queens. They'll make me be a starving artist to kind of starve me out and like try to force me back into a nine to five world, um, you know, because that's a control tactic as well. Um, so, I mean, you know, it, financial abuse can, there's just so many different ways. And I think all artists have different stories of, you know, of artist abuse and, and like the different ways that they've experienced it. So I'm not saying that this is like some end all be all list. I'm just saying that this is what I've experienced a lot of, um, and you know, and maybe you resonate, maybe you don't, but, um, yeah. So number six, uh, I think is gossip and slander. So I guess, you know, I don't understand why really, but people don't seem to understand how dangerous gossip is, how it can lead to cancel culture. Um, but an artist's name is essentially our work. So when you're dragging an artist's name, talking behind their back, uh, that's really messed up because you're then also messing with their clientele, their ability to make sales, uh, their social media following, uh, their presence online, their brand. And this can lead to artists having to isolate depending on what rumors are spread. It, it can be very just like damaging uh, emotionally for artists to have to deal with. Um, and it, for me, it went very deep, like, uh, on, on many levels, as deep as Mobad's, like just the way that people, um, were speaking on my name in the past and, uh, and really just out of sheer, sheer ignorance and sheer jealousy. Um, and it was just like, 
you know, uh, speaking on literally what they knew nothing about and aspects of my life they have no that are no business of theirs to even be speaking about people of my past, um, who I in no way like associate myself with anymore. Um, but yeah, so I think like that if people are gossiping and slandering your name, um, yeah, you got to cut ties and it doesn't matter who those people are, even if they're members in your family, if they're speaking on your name, which is your brand, which is your company. And that's how, where you're trying to build and elevate up from. Yeah. You got to cut the cord, pull the plug. Uh, so number seven is kind of connected to this, but it's uh, bullying and harassment. Um, so Mobad experienced bullying and harassment, like on a physical level, like people were actually attacking him physically um, and assaulting him. For me, it wasn't that far, uh, but the harassment was more so passive, like Americans are. <laughs> um and so, yeah, I don't know. For whatever reason, I feel like artists painting in peace, artists who are in flow state and happy in that state, that disturbs a whole lot of people, a whole lot of egos um, who are not at peace. And often those egos will attack you. And um They'll try to create interference in any way to break up your creative flow. And for most of this year, I've been experiencing this. Um, I've been attacked via like text message, via phone, uh, like just trying to disrupt what I'm working on uh, from family in person. Uh, I've had people stalking my social media accounts, um, just really sending really gross negative energy towards me. I've had to do so much like cleansing and like aura cleansing and I think that that's like a sol the solution that you know you ha you have to to do as an artist. Um, you have to realign after such attacks happen. Um, you can chakra realign with like yoga, with Reiki, sound bowls, grounding, touching grass, things like that. We have a whole podcast episode about 17 ways to ground yourself in revolutionary times. I highly recommend that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's super annoying. And it, they, like, I think the goal is to really try to get in your head. Um, Mobad talked a lot about how people were trying to like make him go crazy and people were trying to make me go crazy too uh but i have very strong mental health and very strong spiritual practices so you know i am still strong but it's just like i'm not some superhuman fucking transformer robot like i have feelings and you know and i don't deserve to be attacked harassed bullied you know on social media in person whatever the case um so uh, you know while yes always clear your energy after any harassment or bullying happens um i think also just distancing yourself from people who inflict that sort of evil um also because I don't, I don't know that ignorance is just like, I don't even understand adult bullies, to be honest with you. But 
you know, there are a lot of them. So number eight is um, blocking artists from creating. We all deal with this as artists on different levels. Um, Mine is probably more extreme than some. um, But at the same time, most artists are just so ashamed to speak about, speak out about the abuse that they have endured along their career paths that who really knows, you know? So the main thing that I've experienced is like, uh my family like growing up using um like taking quote unquote confiscating my art supplies as like punishment um which is just like so wrong on so many different levels because like when you're an artist like creating is like your piece it's like a part of you and to like take another artist supplies is just I can't even tell you how wrong and ignorant that is um but I nonetheless I've experienced it numerous times mainly um from my mother and my grandmother like taking things that you know don't didn't belong to them like my like uh paint brushes like my paints not allowing me to create or paint in certain in really like anywhere um you know like so it was it was just very hellish um because they wouldn't let me be who I was who I meant to be what my purpose is um like not allowing artists to you know to draw or have the freedom to draw or paint in in your household that feels like a kind of death for an artist that's and it's like a kind of like slavery almost and um to be separated from our work as an artist is is very painful. And like for two years, as I've, I've talked about on this pod before, um, my art was locked in a storage unit by my mother. Uh, but my family loves to play games with like my work and where it can be and where I can create. And it's just really manipulative and very messed up. And I don't know why it's like okay in their minds at all uh because to me it's extremely evil but um yeah it happened it it, it's just like a part it's been a part of uh artist abuse for me for sure uh number nine i think like just games in general which you know is that's basically a game what i was just talking about but like playing you know little little like reindeer games with people um you know, like uh, making false offers to artists, false promises, scams, uh, creating drama in groups of friends. Um, I've had that experience uh, for sure, frenemies. Um, like yeah, in this podcast, I've also discussed that I had a girl try to break up my own family, like through using my brother, uh, and then also break up my family of friends and by just spreading lies about me and um, just being really cruel and evil. Um, so, and it's just like, it's just a way to play with your emotions and thus interfere with your work and interfere with your flow so that you have to. Um, you have this barrier of like emotional trauma and drama that you have to step over because they created it and inflicted it. Um, so yeah. And then number 10, um, like I've probably said 25 times <laughs> in this podcast now, just plain old 
jealousy and hate. Um, Because, yeah, I feel like that's just like the basis of what artist abuse stems from. Um, And I don't understand why people don't know that they're haters um, of artists who have done anything that I've listed, but apparently they don't. Um, But yeah, it's just like, when people don't want you to have or experience joy, the joy that art brings, the joy, the inner joy and love flow that artists innately have. Um, It makes absolutely no sense why other people wouldn't want other people to experience joy. But um, yeah, it, it happens a lot. Happiness triggers people. Other people's joy triggers people. It's extremely toxic. Um, and like I've said before, if you're an artist hating on other artists, being jealous of other artists because you're not where they're at in their career, because you're creatively blocked, because you don't got the juices flowing like they got the juices flowing, whatever it is, stop it. Stop it right now. It's not forward progression. It's not healthy. It's not helpful. All right. And lastly, number 11, um, uh, I kind of, did I say, I don't think I, uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't say attacks. I'd say just like emotional attacks. That's what I should call it. Like more so emotionally, of the emotionally abusive range of attacks. And um, this is when people... Uh, try to like activate your anxiety or uh, maybe knowing that you've dealt with in your life depression or um, trauma in some sort and they want to activate it and so they do that with like um, yelling or just creating like uh, you know scenarios where you're stressed out where you're um, where you have to like just engage with them because they're being um, erratic and then it activates your anxiety and um, then it creates blocks for you in your, in your flow. Um, Artists require peace to create and people like to disrupt that peace because most people do not have peace. Most people will never have peace because they don't, know how to still their minds and when you create in flow state you are in a place of stillness of mind um it's very zen and um you know egos strong egos don't like that and um and so another like way i think people like to attack is to kind of build you all the way up to tear you down a lot of the times. Uh, it's like a game that people like to play. Uh, so I guess it could also fit in the games category, but you know, where people like to hype you up and be like, oh my God, your art is so beautiful. Oh my God, like you create so much beautiful stuff. And then they go behind your back or and then tear you down. And then when you wanna like speak on it or be like, hey, you know, that maybe wasn't cool, then they'll, either like ignore you or tear you down even more and it's just like a game it's a stupid attack game um so yeah let's not do that (laughs) and um yeah I think that's 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 basically you know my list and the gist of what I think are artist abuse tactics so you know, I don't know if like I, I obviously don't think that just like this one podcast will change and and end 
artist abuse completely in the world but hopefully in my own life and hopefully for this company um people will have a more clear perspective of what it is so and this is you know this this whole entire podcast is also it's just dedicated to mobad because you know i think why it just messed with me on such a deep level is because like here you know obviously i didn't experience physical brutality in the way he did um you know i wasn't buried alive but literally people tried to bury my company alive they tried to bury my talents alive they tried to bury my reputation my name alive you know like and just wanted me to watch and sit and do nothing about it as as they like dragged me and my name and everything that i've worked through for through the mud and you know and i've had my numbers manipulated i've had my social media shadow banned i've i've been hit on all angles and all ends um but I'm still here and I'm still in peace and I'm still able to be so full of love and so full of light and 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 I'm not afraid and I and I and I'm just so like thankful to be able to be in this place despite all that I've been through and to to have this same heart despite all the ways that people have tried to attack it. Um, because, you know, and, and that's what this company is is really about. It's about shining a light in these dark times that we're in. Um, and I think that we can all be lights in times of darkness, in this time of darkness, in times of war and just like tragically unexplainable things that are happening. Um, so, yeah, I don't think this is a one of um, it incident of artists i think this is like the first the, or the most terrible you know casualty of capitalism artist abuse incident that i've ever heard i don't think i've been affected by someone's passing you know like this since george floyd but um you know i was able to move through it through art and through cre I created art, you know, um, for Mobad. I, I've just been, I've been creating a lot and it's been helping me move through the grief of his passing. And I've been spending a lot of time in nature and grounding. Um, and, you know, podcast in and of itself is an art form. Sharing your voice and sharing your story um, is an art form. Um, and it's one that Mobad, you know, loved dearly. So I hope that you guys keep sharing your stories. I hope that this sheds some light on what artist abuse is. And I hope it can cut through some of the artist abuse in your your own life if you're an artist. I hope that if you're listening to this and you're someone who is ignorant of like the fact that artist abuse is even going on or of uh, the fact that maybe you have even done some of these things, I hope you maybe can be inspired to, you know, stop, to chill out, to add more peace to your life. Um, because there is no peace for the wicked, you know? And there's a lot of wicked out here right now. And and we should, I just, oh God, the world needs peace more than every more than anything, you know? And it's and it's just, it's no coincidence that um, you know, they wanted to take out somebody who 
whose main mission and message was peace. Um, so with that said, um, let's end with some affirmations. I wish you so much peace. Remember that you are peace. Peace is always within you in the center of your heart. Um, I wish you so much love. Remember that you are love, uh, that you have this limitless light about you and within you, and that you can transcend any obstacle, any challenge, any trauma, and any drama um, by tapping into your own inner love flow and in your own inner light. And you always have more strength than you think that you have, even when the mind tricks you into believing that you don't sometimes. Remember that fear is just an illusion and uh, that you can break through it, shatter it like a glass ceiling. Keep rising, keep rising, keep rising. And until the next episode, I will see you guys next time. I love you so much. Bye. Hi everyone, hope you liked that episode. We are all about preaching self-love and empowering women and girls around the world. Support us in our journey as we provide art supplies and many more resources to girls in Ghana through our two programs, the Fly Girl Initiative and Little Hardists. We are also working on hosting more Color for a Cause events as well as our No Filter school tours. Your help will enable this organization to work on bettering the lives of people around the world. For more information, visit our website www.stuckdesigns.org.